Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. So whether you are in tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Sokoroduma, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play, welcome to the show. I am of course your host Sean Roberts, but Kurt the Dirt Buckerfield joins me yet again. Kurtzy, how are you? Shawnee, I'm hundreds. How are you, man? How are you doing? World class, bro. Lots going on in your world. Yeah, lots going on. Lots going on. A potential trip to Spain. Um, but yeah, we'll see how things play out. Yeah, lekker. Let's dive right into it. I guess it starts on a happy note for United. Um, Alejandro Garnacho's goal was something out of this world, wasn't it? It was really spectacular, Sean. I was watching yeah. it on my couch here at home and... I just jumped up. I literally jumped up and I screamed, oh my God. Um, my girlfriend is upstairs <laughs> and she thought that something went drastically wrong. Um, but something for a change went drastically right. It was, uh, no, it was incredible. It was really, yeah. I really think it's one of the best goals I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Certainly in the Premier League, but no, it was phenomenal. I, it's one of those attempts that most players don't even, they don't even try. Um, I did read in the week that Garnacho has spent a lot of time practicing his bicycle kicks, which I actually thought, you know, this isn't something that players really work on in training. It's not like, you know, defenders, you go and work on your positional play, midfielders go work on your whatevers, and then your forwards go and do bicycle kicks. It's just not something that I've ever been exposed to in my amateur career. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's something that you've seen on the training ground, but no, it was, it was, yeah, one of the best goals I've ever seen. It was phenomenal. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously there's that big debate whether it was better better than Wayne Rooney's. Um, I think it probably was. Um, mm. Not for the occasion, but just for the fact that it seemed to come more off his boot. Rooney's one was, mm-hmm. was very much off the shin. Yeah. Um, and it sort of flew into the top corner, um, you know, and Pickford, you know, he made an attempt to save it, but could not get there. It was just, it was breathtaking. It really was. Yeah, it was absolutely epic. Um, just back to the training and practicing. I remember, I think it might have been Stanton Lewis at Ajax. He was he was training that, and actually our coach at the time, Fulpo Dahan, cancelled it and said, "No, he's going to injure yourself. Like, please stop." So that's what I would that, think. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, hard to believe Garnacho is still only eighteen years old, but been given a little bit of stick in terms of his celebration. Oh, that was so stupid. Come off it, Arturo <laughs> Vidal. Really, just looking for a story where there isn't one. Um, yeah. Look, he's a he's a Ronaldo fanboy. Um, he grew up idolizing Ronaldo, and then got to play with him. Um, mm. So got to see him up close and personal. How he how he trains and how he conducts himself. Um, obviously, we know that for Ronaldo, it didn't end well at United in his second spell. Um, yeah. But uh, come on, give the guy some. You know, cut him some slack. He's a he's a Ronaldo fan, and at 18 years old, got to be his teammate. You know, that's that's phenomenal. Um, and by the way, is a teammate of Messi's on the international stage. So mm. how is that for um, being a teenager? Um, <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it was it was a stupid comment from Vidal. Um, mm. No, man, who, who cares about that? It's ridiculous. But yeah, phenomenal goal. And uh, I'm excited to, to see what, what happens with this player. I do worry about him being at Manchester United because a lot of really talented young players I feel have had their their growth sort of stunted by the the managerial changes by the system um, changes and philosophy changes so I do worry about him 
uh, you know, where where will he be in in four years, five years time? I, I think mm. that Rashford isn't too different at 26 to to how he played when he was say 20 years old. So um, yeah, let's hope that Manchester United can actually build something sort of sustainable and consistent. Mm. And if they do do that, I I feel like Garnacho will will thrive. Yeah, he's a really talented player. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And staying with Garnacho and United, um, mm. hell of a game this week against Galatasaray. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, finding their form again, you know, I'm obviously going to eat my words. I was, I probably still am a big fan of Onana, but oh, Kurt, it's devastating. Garnacho's goal again, world-class goal. The build-up was world-class. Their goals were all world-class, but two average goals conceded should have been three points for United. Yeah. As a big United fan, has it come to an end? I, I, I think so. So the the only way that Manchester United can advance out the group now is if they beat Bayern Munich in their final Group A game. Um, mm. But then they also need Galatasaray and Copenhagen to draw. If uh, Galatasaray win, then they will go through. And if Copenhagen win, they will go through. Um, mm. So United need, you know, a, a miracle result really against Bayern. Um, the advantage is is that that fixture is at home at Old, Old Trafford, um, but then they yeah. also need another result to go their way. So I think it probably is the end. I just hope that if it is that United don't qualify for the Europa League, um, I would be pretty disappointed if we did. Um, I just think that it it's not necessarily time for a hard reset because. In recent weeks, United have shown that they do have the ability to score goals. Um, three against Everton uh, this past weekend, three against Galatasaray. They hit three against Copenhagen, I think, two weeks ago, just before the international break. So I think the forwards are starting to find their form. And I do think that there is something to to work with here. Um, and I, I don't think it's the case of, you know, throwing in the towel just yet, but... I wouldn't want that Europa League distraction, you know, just have yeah. them in the, I think they've been knocked out of the Carabao Cup already. So the FA Cup and the Premier League um, work towards finishing in the top four, um, potentially some new players in January, some players leaving in January and then um, building on that. But uh, very disappointing, obviously, because at the start of it, you would have you would have guessed that it would be Bayern and, and United going through um, based on United's form last season. Um, but it hasn't worked out that way. Defensively, an absolute shambles. <laughs> I think, and uh, I think this is a stat that I read this morning, United have become the first ever team in the Champions League to concede, I think it's 14 goals after five group stage matches. Oh, um, no. Which is crazy when you consider the, the teams that have been in the Champions League over the years. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah. A, a lot of those have um, come as a, a result of some Onana howlers. Um, yeah. yeah, I do like him, Sean. You know, I'm, I'm on your side there. I, I agree with you. I, I do like him. I think that he's actually been good in recent weeks. Mm. He's been very good. Um, but there is this block there at the moment, um, in particular when it comes to the Champions League. He's, he's struggling to deal with that pressure. Mm. Um, you know, those those two free kicks that Ziyech scored should not have, have gone in. Um, and it is Onana's fault. Um, but I do like that Ten Hag has come out to defend him and said that he takes full responsibility. Um, yeah, he, he's not looking to blame him publicly at this point. So 
I do like the way that the managers handled it, even if what he's saying is not entirely accurate. Um, mm. You know, he called ZX free kicks, both of them very good, which is mm. just crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do like the way that he's, he's defending his goalkeeper. And yeah. I do think that Onana will be okay. Um, it just feels like a, a crazy period where it's almost so crazy and so bizarre and so many high profile mistakes that you almost just chalk it off and go, okay, let's move on. It's not... Uh, it's not something that I, I think that United need to... I mean, of course, we need to be worried. But I, I don't think that it calls for serious change at this point. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, Kurt. I tend to agree with you, but we're not talking about Everton or, or yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like, this is one of the biggest teams, if not the biggest team in the world, um, who are underperforming. And, I mean, the second free kick... What's the first free kick? Was that... Deflected. No, so to? so you know the the sort of shadow wall by two Galatasaray players. It was yeah. a party and a teammate of his. Um, so they were next to the United wall, and Ziyech hits it sort of through them. So they split. The ball goes yeah. through them. Icardi yeah. actually is very smart in that moment because he runs in directly in line um, with Onana. So yeah. he turns around and crouches, and for that split second, the ball is passing behind him, and Onana can't see it. So he's wrong footed. Um, Anana was also a teammate of ZX for years at Ajax yes. and would have seen him take, you know, dozens of free kicks on the training ground and probably assumed that ZX was be, be aiming for the corner where he was initially mm. moving to. But then he decides to go through those two players, um, which United probably should have dealt with better. I think that the wall actually should have dealt with that better. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just a bad look. It's a bad look when the ball doesn't hit the corner of the net, you know. It, it, it essentially passes through where Anana was initially standing for the free kick. Yeah, and, and, and you'd hate to think that, you know, every away team now or home team that plays against United, all they're going to say is just just get it into Anana, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, just like, take shots. <laughs> that's just, oh, man. Yeah, it's a it's, horrible place to be. World-class keeper, don't get me wrong, but just going through a bit of a tough time. Obviously, very yeah. different playing for a team like United. They could the pressure that comes with it. No, exactly, and I think that that's that's what it boils down to, really. And I think mm-hmm. that United, you know, if they'd maybe won their first two group stage matches, uh, the feeling would have been uh, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But the last two games, in particular, the Copenhagen game in the Champions League, where I think it was the best half of football we played all season, yeah. um, is then ruined by a really poor decision by the referee to send Rashford off. Yeah. A really poor decision um, to give a penalty against Maguire. Um, so I, I just think that it's all sort of compounded um, and that pressure has has increased and Onana has struggled to deal with it. So, yeah, um, you know, pack it up and, and let's see how we do next season. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> we in November. Uh, I, know, I know. Well, let's stay with the Champions League. Let's touch on the group of death. Um, Dortmund obviously threw... Um, Am I correct in saying that anyone between Milan, PSG and Newcastle can go through? Is that right? Yes. So it's we were talking about it in the office the other day and we were just yeah. saying how at the start of this 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 group um, specifically, none of us would have thought that Dortmund would be the team to secure their place in the next right. round after after five rounds of, of games. Like mm. when you consider, you know, it's AC Milan who... Uh, of course, have not been the same AC Milan, you know, of 10 years ago, but sure, sure. A, a strong Milan team. And then um, PSG, who are coached by Luis Enrique, who for my money is, uh, you know, one of the best coaches in the world. Yep. Um, and then Newcastle, who've, who've been phenomenal um, since since Eddie Al came in, since their takeover. So 
a big surprise, but yes, um, that is going right to the wire. And that is a real, real group of death. It's, it's played out that way. Incredible. Incredible to watch. Come on, Newcastle. Um, <laughs> do you want to touch on a couple of the results that happened this week? Obviously, City with a, uh, a good win at home against Leipzig. They've run away with that, uh, that table at the moment. We touched on United, Galatasaray, Real Madrid again. Uh, Bellingham again. Yeah, she's they're looking good. Eh? Bellingham has just been a revelation, hasn't he? And he scored this past weekend too. So, yeah, What's he's that? returned. So, 10 and 10, 11 and 11, more. No, he's now got, I think, 14 or 15 goals. Oh, my word. Yeah, it's, he's not slowing down. It's crazy. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Arsenal smashing Lance. Um, yeah, uh, I guess the, the one to watch is the group of death. Exciting times ahead. Uh, anything you want to touch on this week's Champions League, Cody? Um, I mean, I, I did. So I only watched the United game, and then I, wa- I watched a bit of the the Newcastle PSG game. I'm not sure mm. if you you saw any of that, Sean. But there was a a really really bad decision given against Newcastle, a handball in the box um, that UEFA have. I think I, this is what someone told me. At least I didn't see it myself, but have subsequently put a statement out about and, and apologized and said that it was the wrong decision to <laughs> to give. So more apologies from VAR officials and referees and refereeing bodies. Um, you but can't yeah, apologize the, at this stage in, you know, of the season in the Champions League and PSG. I mean, there's so much at stake. Kurt. I know it's embarrassing, Sean. It's really, really embarrassing. And I think there are more and more calls now for VAR to be scrapped. I don't think we're ever going to reach that point, unfortunately. Mm. But it's not helping the game. I think that it's harming the game even more. Correct. Um, and you know, in this in this case, in this in this example, the it's Dembele who crosses the ball and it hits Livermento's body. It hits his um, rib cage mm. and ricochets onto his elbow on the back of his elbow, Sean. So not on, it doesn't man. actually hit his hand. It doesn't hit his arm. It literally hits the point of his elbow. Um, the referee doesn't give it in real time, but the, but then is called over to the monitor. So that is a VAR problem. You know, yes. the referee didn't make the wrong call. He got it right and is then called over to the monitor. And we know, as we see time and time again, when a referee is called over to the monitor, it's yeah. VAR's way of pushing him to a decision. Correct. Um, so he unfortunately succumbed to that pressure. It was at um, Paris Saint-Germain's home ground. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, he's got thousands and thousands of fans screaming and he's got PSG players surrounding him and he, he buckled. Yeah, it was a really, really poor decision. Um, and I, I don't think it's in line with any handball rules. And I know mm. that UEFA have uh, stricter rules than the Premier League, but even that was, yeah, it was crazy. So I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not enjoying football at the moment in terms of, uh, it's entertainment, you know. It's it's not fun to talk about refereeing decisions uh, after every game. It it really it's getting really boring now. Yeah, it's it's cuck. Um, well, let's move on to some Premier League predictions on this weekend, Curti. Uh, all four. We'll touch on the two main games, I guess. All four teams are in great form. City at home against Spurs. I think they're home against Spurs. Yeah. Newcastle versus Man United. Um, yeah, tough one. Obviously, I'll go with City, absolutely. Um, big game, though, to be fair. Newcastle United is going to be an absolute crack, I believe. Both teams now find, obviously, a bit of form. Um, I think it's going to be another cracking, like, 2-2, 3-3 draw. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, both teams also have really poor injury records at the moment, so quite a few players missing from both sides. But yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's it's at St. James St. James's Park at ten o'clock on Saturday night. Mm. Um, well, in England it'll be eight o'clock, but a night game at St. James's Park in the Premier <laughs> League. Um, it's it's a very difficult place to go and play, um, especially for these United players who've just been so bitterly disappointed by their performance against Galatasaray. Yeah. It's a difficult place for Anana to go and play. Um, you were just talking about how, you know, because he's made so many costly, high-profile mistakes, that there will probably a, a, be a plan to target him. Um, so, no, it, it's not a... It's, it's it's probably the worst fixture at this point for Manchester United. But having said that, they have hit some form in the Premier League. Um, I think they've kept three consecutive clean sheets. Mm. Um, you know, they, they've just beaten Everton 3-0. Um at Everton at a very hostile, um, in a very hostile yeah. environment. So, yeah, let's let's see how they cope um, with that pressure. But uh, I don't see United getting a win there, I must say. Interesting times. And do you agree on a City win? I, I agree with the City win. I think City will win relatively comfortably. Uh, Spurs, you know, a lot of defenders out. Um, James Madison, I think, is still missing too. Um Benton Kerr, their midfielder who just returned from injury, has now been ruled out for another two and a half months um, with an ankle sprain or something like that. So, yeah, I think City win there, Sean, um, at home. And I think that Newcastle United, I'm going to go, I'm going to go three all, another yeah. three all. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, good shots. Just <laughs> something on left field here, Curti. Um, I'm just a little brain fart. We chatted about Anana and what sort of pressure these guys are under now, right? In terms of a few mistakes. I'm just going back to that Beckham documentary, which I'm sure you've watched on Netflix, which is absolutely incredible. Yes, yes. Um, and how, I just don't know how he did it, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And, uh, and obviously I got to know him a lot better, um, wasn't aware of, you know, certain things in his life that had happened, but you just feel for someone like Anana or Maguire, or, you know, obviously we're touching on United players here, but what they go through mentally and how they just, how strong they are. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I do think that that documentary um, opened a lot of eyes, you know. I think, so I remember when I was younger, I remember the the, the fallout of the, the 98 World Cup. Mm. Um, um, I remember Beckham and Victoria being sort of followed and criticized for absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that documentary reminded me of the details around those things. Yeah. And it also gave an incredible insight into the the trauma it caused the family um, and just how severe it was. So I knew that it was a thing back then when I was younger, but obviously I, I was young. I couldn't really comprehend the, the magnitude of it. But watching that documentary just, you know, it's a reminder that these guys are just people um, who happen to have very good talents um, and it, it is going to do some real life damage when they are just attacked, whether yeah. it's online, whether it's in, in the newspapers, um, whether it's by pundits or former players. It's, it's a really difficult thing to deal with when you are playing, especially for a club like Manchester United. So I do feel yeah. for these guys. I do think that things have changed since then. It's not mm. as harsh, um, but they certainly still experience it. Um, you know, back then, I think for Beckham, it would have been... I mean, so it was it was vicious back then, you know, yeah. from the media. But can you imagine, you know, social media was as big as it oh, as it is yeah. as it was then as it is now. Um, so, having said that, you know, I actually, in some way, sort of retract that statement because 
these guys are having to deal with trolls online and private yeah. messages and um, threats, death threats, and um, just general name calling. It's it's horrible, man. And uh, yeah, there are some there are some crazy people out there who do crazy things. And mm. I can't imagine ever being the person to to DM a footballer and tell him that I want to kill him or that he's fam. You know, it's it's insane to me. But those people exist. Um, yeah, they they live among us, which is just bizarre. But yeah, it's a lot of pressure to deal with. So I do feel for these guys, and that's why I've actually. In the last couple of months, I've just sort of resigned myself to it. Like you know, it's a it's a poor season. We've not yeah. we've not played well, um, but it's also I'm also too um, I'm too hesitant. Or why am I saying too hesitant? But I'm I'm reluctant to overreact. You know, yeah. it's it's not great, but I don't want to go to the other extreme. I would sure. rather just go. Yeah, these 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 guys aren't playing very well now, but. We, we see in football how things can turn around really quickly. So yeah. I'm not going to overreact. Well, speaking of trolls, it's time to move on now to our producer, Aiden, uh, who does my favorite part of the podcast, Seeking the Socials. Aiden. Kurt, Sean, welcome back to Seeking the Socials. For those of you who don't know what Seeking the Socials is, it is a segment where I personally scour social media, finding the most interesting, topical, and controversial opinions relating to football that have come across over the last week. Some weeks I inform the lads of a topic, and other times I get them to pick a topic by choosing a social media platform. So Facebook has been fairly quiet this week. My uh, my feed hasn't been too interesting. So between Twitter and Instagram, which path are we taking? Sean, do you wanna do you wanna have a go? I chose Facebook last week. Um, let's go Facebook again. That, 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 that I, wasn't I just, a choice. My Facebook feed you was see, quiet and there was nothing on it. Adam. Sorry, this is why Aiden, we need someone was else distracting in me, this Aiden. podcast. Sorry. Jesus. Uh, he, do, he does that, Kurt. I forgive you. Um, let's go. Uh, let's go LinkedIn. <laughs> no, let's go Twitter. No, let's go no. X. Twitter. Twitter, X, whatever. It yeah. is what it is. Which footballing moment left you in absolute awe, shock, or confusion? <laughs> I want some jaw-dropping answers here. Ooh. It could be an incident, it could be a goal, it could be a celebration, it could be absolutely anything positive or negative. Okay, that's uh, something to think about there. Oh, uh, I've got a goodie. But before you guys get into, you could also, you know, get a get an incident or something that may be dubbed as hilarious or, or humorous, rather. I... Okay, two, two, two instances, I guess, if I, if I may, Kitty. Go for it, Sean. Go for it, please. I think Robbie Fowler's celebration uh, when you started <laughs> sniffing the line. Uh, that was maybe too yeah. far, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, uh, that was very good. I think Luis Suarez <laughs> eating people. I think that's... Uh, um, I think that's something that's... <laughs> just can't... That, that Fowler thing came after he was uh, accused of... Yeah. Of doing some some naughty things on the download, yes, right? Yes, yeah, okay. Probably, yeah, and I think that was just absolutely epic. Uh, Luis Suarez eating people is obviously right up there. Uh, I reckon. So I, I just want to piggyback off that, but it wasn't it wasn't the Ivanova, uh, the Ivanovic bite for me in the Premier League. It was the World Cup one. Yeah, on uh, Chiellini. Yeah, it was like he's done it again. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and what was what was bizarre about that was that Suarez went down holding his teeth as if to say I've been fouled. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was absolutely bizarre. Ref, uh, I've just been I've just been forced to buy someone. That was insane. Uh, um, yeah. Aiden, I'm trying to think of more. So just remind me. So it's just a draw dropping moment, whether it's funny or bizarre. Yeah, it could be upsetting. Upsetting. As well. You know what? What moment like really? It really stands out. Like for me, something that's really f***ing hilarious is that beach ball incident. Which one was that again? Who? That was a Liverpool game, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not too sure which team was playing against Liverpool, but the the midfielder struck the ball. It was going on goal straight into yes, Pereira's yes. hands. He was crouched down in like the you know long boundary fielding yes. position, and then it hit a f***ing beach ball and just ricocheted into the back of the net. Well, I think another jaw dropping memory for me was that guy who faked it to get into was it southampton i think graham soon said it was george ware's cousin yes um he got all <laughs> yes. the way onto the pitch and i think yes. substituted after nine minutes i think it was i mean it's just mind-blowing there's there's another story that's similar to that sean i'm sure you've heard of it aiden you might have too um that brazilian footballer kaiser i can't remember his surname now but do you know what it have you have you heard of this fella before no. no. So he literally faked an entire career. So spent um, time at multiple clubs yes. in Brazil. Yes. In have you heard of it? Yes. In Mexico, um, and you know back then, obviously it was in, I think like in the seventies, eighties, yeah. way before like, social got media. Got all the time, I guess. Yeah. So was able to always come up with a story. So he would go on loan to Mexico and then come back to Brazil and say I was the top goal scorer in the league, and these guys would believe him. He was so charismatic that everyone sort of liked him and he would sort everyone out uh, with VIP at sort of clubs and he would um, sort everyone out with women. He was just the guy who sort of organized everything. Went his entire career, Aiden, I kid you not, did not play a single professional game, but played for about <laughs> 10 or 11 different clubs. Um, he even had multiple spells at the same club. Um, and in the first training session at every club, he would go down, he would fake an injury um, he would then befriend the CEO or the chairman and become really close with them. So they wouldn't want to get rid of him and they would sort of trust him. And that was an entire career. Mm. It was a career that spanned, I think, probably 15, 20 years <laughs> and of just absolute wow. bullshit. Apparently, there are accounts from players who played with him and trained with him that whenever there was a drill that involved the ball, he would be standing on the opposite end of the field. He would not go near the ball because he was not a very good footballer. Obviously, he could kick a soccer ball, you know, yeah. you, you couldn't have been totally shit, but he was just not a, a professional standard footballer. That's a, a great story. You guys yeah. should, there's a documentary about it. Um, but I listened to a podcast recently, recently, which detailed the whole, the whole yeah. thing. It was so absolutely me, fantastic. Yeah. It's these two Australian guys who break down bizarre sporting stories and it's just, it's so funny. Um, bloody, bloody but I'm trying this. to think of one, you guys I haven't come up with anything original yet. I've got a, a goosebump moment. Um, as much as I didn't agree with his return, but uh, Ronaldo's first game back in his second spell, mm. um, Madrid to uh, Manchester to Madrid to Turin back to Manchester. That that section of commentary. Oh yes, the um, was absolutely phenomenal. And then to go and score on his return, and mm. the crowd just absolutely f***ing lost their minds. Yeah, so, that, was, that was quite, that was, a, quite a goosebump moment. That was pretty me. cool. Who, was it against Newcastle? It was. It was. I mean, he scored like a shit goal. It was like a He actually scored twice in that game. He scored twice in that game, He did, yeah. he did. Um, but 
I don't know, that was like special for a United fan. But the irony is I didn't agree with his return. So it's like mixed emotions. But wow, what a moment. This I feels- just want to say, I'm just so happy that Kurtz is adding so much value to this. this <laughs> I was going to say now it feels like a bit of a cop-out. But um, just, uh, you know, that player at Southampton who faked his... I'm joking. But uh, the, <laughs> my first real... I, I don't know. I mean, my first real jaw-dropping moment, I think, would would have been definitely before this. But that... 2005 Champions League final. I remember my father mm. allowed me to stay up for it. I would have been 13 or 12 yeah. at the time. And just the comeback in the second half. You know, I watched that entire game. It was 120 minutes and a penalty shootout. Mm. Um, yeah. That was unreal. That was really, really yeah. special at the time. That, that was incredible. And I think after watching this Bex documentary, just being reminded of that that goal from Michael Owen against oh, Argentina. How good was that? I don't, I, that just sticks with me. I can't remember where I was, but I just remember I was just absolutely glued. It was uh, Owen was a teenager then as well, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he yeah. was 17 or something ridiculous. But it was just, yeah, what a game. Well, guys, I, I can't do this. I need to come up with something special. No, no you've done no, it. No, no, no. Kurt, you add, you add so no. much value to us. Why don't you WhatsApp us the answer tomorrow and then we can redo this whole maybe, um Maybe that Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer fight. Two teammates yes, brawling. like that. That was crazy. Newcastle. I'd never seen anything yeah. like that before. That, yeah, that was good. Aiden, do you, like that. you know that story? Oh, and don't forget the John Terry, Frank, was it, who, was, who was Wayne, who was John Wayne Terry Bridges. Was it, was it? Wayne Bridge. Yes. Oh, is, that, oh. is that when he, when Terry smashed someone else's wife? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Class. Class act. Pure class. That's why we love John Terry. But Aiden, do you know that story of uh, Lee Bowie and Kieran Dyer? I'm sure you, you would have seen I, it, right? I watched yeah. the video. The, yeah. They just fucking just start brawling on the pitch in the middle of the game. Okay, uh, this is something that you guys wouldn't have knowledge of, but I was reading um, a Messi biography um, recently, and I've read it, the book before, but it's um, it's been added to by the, the 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 writer, the author of the book. And Sean, this will interest you as a City fan. But when Messi was trying to leave Barcelona initially in two thousand and twenty. He handed in a fax and he sent in a transfer request. He was out, right? Um, the club basically didn't refuse to let him leave in 2020. They said that he still had another year in his deal, even though Messi had been promised by the board that um, he could leave when he wanted to, essentially. A um, couple months later, Pep Guardiola actually went to his house. And it was City who was trying to sign him at the time. Mm. Pep Guardiola had a sit-down with him. They had an entire meeting about how he would play, how uh, Pep wanted him, um, if he came to City, to press more, to, to actually defend from the front and be involved in whatever. Um, and I had no idea that that happened. It was an actual meeting in Barcelona between Pep and, and Messi. That's how real things got when Messi was looking to join City. Um, obviously, it fell through. Um, City ended up signing Jack Grealish in 2021. And Messi ended up having to leave as a free agent and then ended up signing for PSG because that sort of window to join City had had come to a close. But I knew that there was interest there. I knew uh, Messi wanted to go to City and I knew that City and Pep specifically wanted to sign him. But I had no idea that it got to the point where they were having face-to-face conversations about how he was actually going to fit into the team. So that's something that I recently read and I was like, oh, wow, like it was really that that close. That was close, yeah. Um, yeah, Aiden, Curti, satisfied. 
Satisfied. Satisfied. Gentlemen, thank you very much once again for seeking the socials. We will see you next week. Thank you, Aidy. Thanks, Aiden. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on snl24.com forward slash Sokoladuma, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Robertson, of course. Katie, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much. Have a lovely time. Cheers.